Hello. Milk. Find my uh, my mouse. <laughs> Whether you have a red mouse or a blue mouse. I have a grey mouse. Oh wow. Wow. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Are the hard left what's, well, we know who the hard left are. In the, you know, ascendancy I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said so that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard left, hard left, left, hard left, hard left, 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 Well, let me get to the point. Let's roll another joint. Turn the radio loud. I'm too long to be proud. And you don't know how it feels. You don't know how it feels to be me. I'm just looking at Mike Gates' Twitter profile and he just has a picture of when the independent group announced sorry they're not the independent group are they they're, what are they Change UK? Yeah they're Change UK although Mike is still calling them the independent group so I, I have no idea what's going on. On his Twitter profile he has the picture of when they announced that they were going to be a thing oh. I've never seen I've never seen a bigger bunch of losers in my life let's have a look I'm just gonna they're go all there going, wow, well, what are we doing? I'm just gonna well, go on Gates' profile on the Real Politic account just to rub in the fact that he hasn't blocked us. His most recent tweet is Congratulations to Tiger Woods! What a fantastic victory at the Masters! Can I can I just stop you there, Tom? Like... You've you've gotta you've gotta read it, but say tiger emoji whenever there's a tiger emoji. Oh okay, right. Congratulations to Tiger Tiger Emoji Woods. What a fantastic victory at the Masters. And remember last week, Tiger Tiger Emoji Roll won the Grand National. Another another victory for the Tigers. Tiger Emoji at the Independent Group. Tiger Emoji. Yeah, Gapes is just always on one. This guy, he never stops. <laughs> it's it's weird actually because like we've we've not recorded that frequently recently. So literally, whenever we have gone to record, there's always been a major bit of Mike Gapes related news to dispatch. Milk. He's always online. He's he's a very online MP. So what's Mike Gapes been doing today? From what I'm aware, he has had a meeting with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Mrs. Speaker! <laughs> and talking about the importance of Brexit, why they left the Labour Party, and standing unequivocally against anti-Semitism, <laughs> wherever it is found. Oh, yeah. God, and he's been fucking retweeting at Labour history, tides of history shit with Clement Attlee. <laughs> All Clem Attlee. And when there is a Bevan being featured, it's not an Iron Bevan. It's <laughs> fucking, it's fucking uh, Ernie Bevan. Yeah. So just like Passive. to fill you in, earlier today, the most senior Democratic politician in America, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House of Representatives, whose bio, just to fill our UK listeners, who are most of our listeners, apart from obviously those in the St. Petersburg troll factories, and are like eight <laughs> listeners in Israel, and like uh, I think <laughs> two in Iran or whatever. Um, that all sounds Sorry, stats, what, eight listeners from Israel, fair play. <laughs> yeah, well it could just be the same person. Just, yeah, yeah. just the one Israeli draft dodger. 
who's really into our show or something. It's, um, <laughs> what is it, a Taylor Swift fan account that was like, yo, uh, I won't be posting much on this account for a little while because, uh, like, I'm in prison. Uh, <laughs> and people were like, <laughs> why, why are you in prison? And, and they were like, oh, I refuse to join the IDF. And so now they're like this big folk hero, justly so. And of course, we've got our very own IDF draft dodger on this show. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> Mr. Yes. Yair Rice, who he's uh, very proud, very proud of his draft dodging fair play to him. Yeah, exactly. Who just never bothered to fill in the paperwork. It's not that he actively tried to dodge it; he just forgot. <laughs> I, I I admire it as a, a way of taking a stand. It's just he's so blasé about the whole thing that he he just ends up doing He's a, like a noble and admirable thing so yeah you know that's classic Yair really <laughs> and as far as I know he just doesn't intend to go back to Israel for the foreseeable future <laughs> so <laughs> there you go I mean just to clarify for those who don't know Yair is not from Israel he's just because he's Jewish he's got citizenship he's half English and half American but yeah, aside from that detour about, I don't, don't even know how we got onto that. Um, He's a man of the world. Mm, exactly, Yair is a man of, <laughs> it's very much a man of the world. Shall I tell you about my life? I say I'm a man of the world. Fuck. So, ha- wait, how do we get on to... Oh yeah, we. Were, no, I was. We, I was just talking about. We got about... onto it somehow. We're talking about Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. And Gapes cons- yeah. Consultation. So, like Nancy Pelosi, she styles herself her Twitter bio as someone who's focused on strengthening America's middle class and creating jobs. Mother, grandmother, dark chocolate connoisseur. <laughs> that last bit is like uh, Richard Angel with his gin. Yeah. <laughs> Describe the American middle class's situation in an emoji. That's that kind of. <laughs> she's online, folks. She yeah. knows what it's all about. Yeah, that's Nancy the kind Pelosi. of vibe you get from yeah. her leadership of the Democrats. For example, another thing would be when that young leftist was like, hey, Nancy Pelosi, this was in a TV Q&A. He was like, isn't capitalism really shit in a more eloquent way than I put it there? And she was like, well... The fact is, we're capitalists. Uh, capitalism <laughs> rules. Uh, that's the way it is, I'm afraid. There is no alternative. Things can never change. What I've seen on NYU's campus and what I've seen in polls all over, I mean, CNN even, uh, a Harvard University poll last May showed that people between the ages of 18 and 29, not just Democrats, not just leftists, of people between 18 and 29 no longer support the system of capitalism. I wonder if there's anywhere you feel that the Democrats could move farther left to a more populist message, if you think we could make a a more stark contrast to right-wing economics. Well, I thank you for your question. Uh, but I have to say, we're capitalist, and that's just the way it is. And then the Give question up now. would be, yeah, okay, you want to strengthen America's middle class, but Nancy, what about the American working class? Oh, I didn't give a fuck about them. <laughs> they get <laughs> fucked. What, what, uh, hey, 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 there is no working class. Everyone is the middle class. This is America, the, right? This is uh, the self-reflective Democratic Party after they lost to the fascists in 2016. This is them definitely learning from their mistakes, you know. <laughs> so she tweeted... Definitely not going to lose in 2020 if any candidate other than Bernie is nominated. <laughs> <laughs> this is Pelosi today. You're for lose. Important discussion with former Labour Party MPs at Mike Gapes. Putting the big cheese first, you see. He's got to go first, yeah. At Chris Leslie MP. I'm afraid. And at Ian Austin MP. To hear their perspective. Yeah, I know, he's not even in cucked. Like, why the fuck is Ian Austin invited? It's just like, uh, yeah, I'm not. uh, Ian's not doing anything. Can he come? Yeah, sure, why not? Because Ian, has he left the party yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an independent MP, but not an independent group MP. Yeah, so. (laughs) What a shit show, honestly. (laughs) Embarrassing. Yeah, they couldn't be bothered to invite Chucker. Like, that guy, he's too small time. 
Chuckers are busy appearing on the GQ cover. Uh, get in Austin, get in here. Yeah. <laughs> Pelosi's like, well, you know, I'm I'm a politician of considerable stature. I'm not going to talk to some little pipsqueak like that Chucker Amuna. I need to talk to to you know someone with some real gravitas, someone like yeah. Michael John Gapes. <laughs> And in the picture that they post up, it's the most gapes thing I've ever seen. It's just there. His hands, his hands are doing movements, evidently, aren't they? He's <laughs> like, well, you see, you have the milk. <laughs> He's about to and just start And then Nancy's face is just like, she's sort of smiling, thinking like, is this the best that the centre-left that are not a part of the Labour Party have to offer. She's like, who the fuck is this guy? And like the old dude sitting next to her, I've no fucking idea who that is. He's just like, who is this cunt? Like, and then <laughs> Austin looks embarrassed to be there. Yeah. Chris Leslie's just got that that sort of quizzical look on his face. He's like, oh no, Mike's going off on one again. What's he gonna say now? Gates is like, well, I always put it that you uh. have red cakes and the blue cakes. <laughs> I suppose uh, in in America you would be the blue cakes and the other lot would be the red cakes. It's very different over there. <laughs> You've got your colours all mixed up. It's <laughs> very confusing for me. Oh dear. So what prompted Nancy to go over to the UK and in particular talk to MPs who had now left the Labour Party? So is she in the UK rather than them being in the US? Because obviously these guys are big Atlanticists. They Mike love Gapes any... isn't going to be allowed into the United States, <laughs> Jack. Come on. Why not? He's their biggest ally when it comes to foreign policy. Nobody's more committed to American imperialist bloodshed than, than Gapesy. So if he was to fly there and he was trying to get into the country, then look at his name and be like, this isn't a real person. Help <laughs> <This, laughs> be like, this, okay, this has got to be like number one terrorist in Al Qaeda currently. And Al- then they search aliens. his name on YouTube, and then the Milk Gapes video comes up, and they're like, yeah, he's definitely not being allowed into the country. They're like, this is extremist rhetoric. Whatever the fuck he's talking about, I don't like it. They're like, look he's at that. He's gone really red, and he's shouting about milk. This guy's bad news. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of pictures. Gapes and I think Leslie both posted different pictures of them meeting Nancy Pelosi. But there's one where it's just like the two boys on either side of her and they're all grinning away. Although Chris Leslie can't really smile. So again, he just looks like slightly sort of like confused. Like, if I just... uh, (laughs) How do I do that thing with my face again that uh, that, that the humankind do? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and there's another one which Leslie posted where oh no he is kind of smiling in this one he's got his head to the side again but they're just like having a bright laugh <laughs> like Mike's just been like uh, have have I told you the one about uh, the the stone of oppressive Leninist orthodoxy. <laughs> I'll tell you the other tweet I did see quite recently from Gapes. His one where he called Seamus Milne Corbyn's pet Stalinist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mr. Seamus Milne. The spokesman for the leader of the opposition, Mr. Seamus Milne. This guy just doesn't know when to... When when he's on his phone, when he's on his iPhone, when he's not playing milk a cow on his phone. uh, (laughs) Or um, or tiddlywinks. Guido caught him playing tiddlywinks that time in in an APPG for for one group or another. Oh, dear me. But it's all the more hilarious because despite all the coverage that the independent group, a.k.a. now Change UK, have been given, Mm. they're not making any headway in the polls and Labour are starting to take a quite a substantial lead and yeah. even so even in the YouGov polls as well so this is quite like <laughs> this is fucking hilarious yeah. and I, all the papers uh... as well let me read you out this article was featured in the Telegraph today by a Mr sadly still alive Norman Tebbit <laughs> and it said we must get rid of May 
all the Tories, and then this kingdom will be destroyed by this the neo-Marxists. The neo-Marxists. <laughs> oh, very good. I mean, I, I love that the Tories are at that point. They're just all <laughs> losing their shit. I mean, it's quite funny. David Timothy, at From Arse to Elbow, tweeted a quite amusing contrast of two different newspaper headlines. So this is what the Tory press are saying. This is the Telegraph. Tories face election wipeout as party on course to lose 60 seats and hand Corbyn keys to number 10. Meanwhile, here's what Ah. the Liberal press, in this case the Observer, are saying. Corbyn told, back a public vote or lose Remainers. (laughs) I mean, yes, I'm sure he has been told that, but that is all Remainers ever say. (laughs) Like, at literally any second you can find somebody who identifies very, very strongly with the European Union (laughs) saying (laughs) precisely that, generally with very little basis. So, I mean, I think we should pay more attention to what the Tory press are saying, to be honest, because they're they're bricking it. It's beautiful. (laughs) They're wheeling Norman Tebbit out of his crypt to fucking write this shit. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, people have have a lot of words of criticism for the pollsters of this country. But, you know, I, for one, have always had an enormous respect for our country's venerable polling institutions, particularly the ones that show Labour in the lead at any given time. You know, and I then think we will throw them into doubt whenever they say otherwise. Yeah, well, we we should welcome this, this development position. because yeah. the Tories aren't digging it. Obviously, they're not feeling very sanguine about the whole thing. So, you know, cool. I was just looking for another Mike Gapes tweet. Yeah, we, come on, we okay. We might as well just you know we are the Mike Gapes podcast now. It's got to have a point. Really. There's, there's no point trying to you know. You know, we're, flog- we're flogging this dead horse until syndication, you know. Can I just comment about Venezuela? Oh, God. <laughs> Go on. Uh, no, that was not what I was looking for. Can I, can I just comment about Venezuela? I was looking for this tweet that Gates did. Well, you find that, and then when you've done that, afterwards I need to read you probably the meltiest shit I've ever seen in my life. Okay, okay. Well, It technically constitutes part of a real politic reading as well, so... Oh, very good, very good. Anyway, this is the Gapes tweet. They told me I should F dot off and join the Tories. (laughs) Now they attack me as a, inverted commas, dickhead. I inverted commas, <laughs> traitor, or worse. Truth is, the trots want some sensible, moderate Labour people to stay and give their abusive Leninist project the cover of respectability. <laughs> no way. It's over at the independent group. <laughs> I just love that how it ends up by going, no way. It's, it's over. over. <laughs> There's a reply here from He's one. banging his desk in Parliament as he's getting his assistant to top that out on his little iPhone. There's a reply here from one Mr Simon Hedges. Mike, I have now left the Labour Party and I have taken my respectability with me. The absolute nerve of these trolls telling me to F dot off and join the at independent group just because I prefer a Tory government. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Mike. So Gapesy has been on it. I bumped into George Eaton at Bristol Transformed and he thought that maybe Gapes had lost it, like he wasn't delivering the kind of material that we expect of him. But I think in the last few days there's just been a fierce return to form from Mr Gapes. Be it his meeting with Pelosi, be it the They called me a dickhead tweet or <laughs> or the Tigers or whatever else he's been doing. The new Milkgate well, thing... t shirts which you need to buy. Yes, go buy a, a Milk Gapes t shirt. Those are a <laughs> thing now. I was informed the other week. Fair play to E D who was on mm-hmm. our last episode. I, I listened to that. I enjoyed it very much. I'm and, glad you listened to thank it. Thank you. Thank you for putting our show into your fine clothing collection and uh, 
my sympathies to people who want to walk around with a, a face of Mike Gapes on their chest. <laughs> well, you know, I've always been... Yeah, you did. I did. The whole way back from Bristol Transformed, yeah, I had it on. I didn't wear it while I was there. Fuck no. Like, <laughs> just walking around with people being like, oh, are you that guy? Let's just take the few select individuals who recognize me from the fucking mail expose or whatever yeah but you know i've always had a very strong interest in fashion <laughs> i like the design of it i think it's very good you know i like how it's basically like a compass yeah yeah well it's the nato logo isn't it i thought you were gonna say yeah. have you when i said i've always had a strong interest in fashion because i i obviously haven't you know, I commented on your, your, your jacket when we were down in London when I was last with you. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, obviously I've got an, an instinctive knack for, for, uh, for, for snazzy dressing, but, but that, you know, that's not really the same as an interest, you know, it's just, a, it's your, just the vibes. Your... Your 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 clothing vibe is I don't give a shit. I wear it. It keeps me warm. It keeps me happy. That's all you need. Yeah, but I mean, there's a consistency to it. You know, it's a, it's a t-shirt, it's like Neil oh, yeah. Young jeans, or something jeans, on. There's coat. jeans. There's a there's a check shirt generally over the top. Sometimes a sweater if it's cold. You know. There's you like real... your jumpers as well. I do. Yeah, I've got a few coats. Anyway. <laughs> And you anyway. have the coats! <laughs> Mark's Gapes. <laughs> Capital Volume 3. Are you ready for a, a real politic reading? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, so I, I stumbled upon this, 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 whatever this is. Mm. I think it was on Facebook. I think someone fucking shared it in my local CLP group. <laughs> Alright, okay, okay, let's see. So it gives you an indication of some of the stuff that they're into. Not all of them, it's not an awful CLP to be fair actually, but <laughs> wait till you hear this. It's okay. called I See You, Keir Starmer. <laughs> oh wow, okay, okay. Square and carefully presented head. Richard Spencer, yeah. Bit bit (laughs) All sharp lines and steel. God, I've just found this in our messages. This is fucking man. Like you've been carefully hammered into life by a blacksmith trying to launch a line of impossibly masculine sex dolls. Jesus Christ. I see you on TV, calm and composed. Dealing in those bothersome facts that are so unpopular these days. Well, you know what they say, Tom. You know, this is the kind of post-truth era. <laughs> the, the, the age of uh, false news. You're a rare breed, Keir Starmer. A British politician in 2019 who comes across like he actually understands the complicated legal intricacies of Brexit rather than blurting out jingoistic dogma. <laughs> Okay, the bit about understanding the complicated legal intricacies of Brexit sounds hornier than the stuff about how attractive he is prior to that. Well, wait till you hear this next one. You're drier than a gusset full of cream crackers when Philip Green walks into a room but have to, but ha, but to have someone, anyone in Parliament who comes across like they actually have a vague clue what the fuck they're doing is in this day and age so refreshing it's practically a calippo enema. What does that mean? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this person's taken in too much Ian Yuchi, a calippo enema. This Come has on. been written by Eager Elephant. <laughs> no, no, this no, no he doesn't like Keir Starmer. a middle class white liberal who is at their last tethers with the Labour Party and Keir Starmer is the only thing that's still relevant for them. Yeah, I guess so. 
Even no. in a political environment so toxic and polarised that the two sides are screaming at each other across the void, there's a begrudging respect shown your way by the opposition. Even those that write off well, all those, all those, You know all those uh, fucking Nazis who are on the street like, yeah, man, you got to get a Brexit. You know, I'm not saying <laughs> all Brexit voters are like that. Obviously, I'm Absolutely quite Eurosceptic yeah, yeah. myself. But, I mean, you know, yeah. the, like, you know, the seven thousand fucking bikers who were out celebrating some fucking bloody sunday murderer the other day yeah you know those people you always hear them go oh yeah you find jacob rees mogg legend uh, and also <laughs> that keir starmer he's very composed and understands the legal intricacies of brexit <laughs> It's, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Like the posh fascists probably think that he's working for some shadowy liberal cultural Marxist cabal of some sort because you know he <laughs> he's a lawyer and uh, vaguely leftish. So yeah, again, this person is fetishizing all this civility between like the two sides of politics. But then, at the same time, they complain that their side aren't effectively enough opposing the other side. So which is it going to be, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even those that write off Corbyn as a woolly fantasist seem to accept at least a little that you know what you're doing. You're an established legal expert legal with expert. genuine pedigree, a knight who's uncomfortable ah, with titles, and a politician. Just, if you're reckon... uncomfortable with the title, Keir, then don't fucking accept it. Yeah, How there many is, people yeah, have turned that. down fucking knighthoods? People have even given them back, you know, like fucking John Lennon gave his back. Man, you may believe in Jesus, and you may believe in Marx, and you may believe in Marx and Spencer, and you may believe in bloody Woolworths, but there's something missing in this whole bloody stew. And it's your mother! Your poor bloody mother! Like, I'm not saying he's an exemplary example on most things, but you can reconsider if you're really that uncomfortable with it. And a politician who recognised his own inexperience and refused a climb straight to the top when it was suggested to him. What, is that saying like he didn't run for leader in 2015? He wouldn't have I won. Was... If Corbyn was on the ballot, he wouldn't have won. Your quiet, stoic, Diligent and meticulous. Four words that, when applied to Boris Johnson, would physically cause his skin to melt and pull his organs out <laughs> via osmosis. Yeah, I'm glad the word what melt is in here somewhere. <laughs> you didn't back Corbyn from the start, but now he's here, you accept his position and throw your weight behind Labour as a whole. A strategy so alien to his many detractors that they can't even begin to contemplate it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but yeah. Suppose so. In short, Keir Starmer, there's now a job to be done. An olive branch stretched out across the political divide. Oh, here we go. Olive branches. Oh, fucking. Whenever that comes up. And you're the only man for the job. Keir, just go up to fucking Reese Mogg and try and get a compromise with him. You know how ready Theresa May is to compromise with people. It's not like you've, you know, already been meeting with her, with Jeremy Corbyn for a considerable amount of time. Just have a word, all right? And I'm sure she'll come to some kind of understanding with you. I see you, Keir Stalmer, lying in your perfectly dressed and tucked bed in your carefully ironed pyjamas. I hear the... Get out of his house! Stop watching him! That's illegal! (laughs) (laughs) I hear the alarm go off. Sunny and Cher... (laughs) Do you live in Groundhog Day? I hear the alarm go off. Sunny and Cher blaring across the radio as you reach across and switch your it off. little hand in mine. There ain't no mountains we can climb. Then he just goes up and, like, steals a groundhog or something. <laughs> I see you brush your teeth, not your tie. Carefully, okay, Kay, you need to shut your curtains, mate, because someone is yeah. fucking watching you, mate. <laughs> Whoever this creep is who's reading this, Kay, I advise you to stay well away from your windows. It's like, like it's like blue velvet, they're in the closet. Shut your blinds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or indeed, like, trapped in the closet. Oh, shit, yeah, forgot, sorry, forgot the R. Kelly connection there. But, you oh, know, God. a great piece of work nonetheless. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Carefully comb your hair. His very fash hair. 
Yeah. With all the precision of a military operation. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, no yeah. You know, you know yeah. Um, what? Uh, the military's fash is what I basically what I was going to say. But the person writing that wouldn't have realised that. They did it just oblivious. So our boys, our boys <laughs> and girls, you know, get more female war criminals. <laughs> I see you walk with confidence into the briefing room. Theresa May smiling at you with all the warmth she can muster. <laughs> Corbyn might put her badger's hackles up, but for you, Keir Starmer, for you, you might just compromise. She might just wash some of the ink out of those red lines. What the fuck is this person talking about? She's not going to fucking compromise for anyone. She doesn't compromise with the Tory melts in her own party. Why the fuck <laughs> is she going to compromise with some soft left melt from the Labour Party, for fuck's sake? Like, this is absolute fabulous stuff. <laughs> this is fucking Andrew Spooner territory, surely. Nah, Spooner. Uh-huh. Again, like, Spooner hates, and Eager Elephant hate Starmer because he's so and Jeremy Corbyn's shadow cabinet. Also because they're both Tories. So. Yeah, because they're um, both Tories, exactly. Well, again, that just shows this Tories that are unwilling to compromise, be it Theresa May, fucking Andrew Spooner, or Eager Elephant. <laughs> I fucking love because it's such a long fucking one. I almost called it a poem. It's not a fucking poem. It's very long, oh. yeah. Oh, God, I see what they're doing with the uh, Sonny and Cher <laughs> thing, actually. It's the same reference as we made when we got to yeah, it. Yeah, but... I saw that and scrolled down thinking that I already read it, but then I just realised, oh no, they're just repeating that same part like Groundhog Day. Cause yeah, Brexit yeah. is like Groundhog Day, get it? Brexit's oh, like Groundhog right. Day. Oh, okay. It's okay. a reference. I can't believe um, you spoiled the punchline. Very un, un, unshowman like. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <You> <laughs> this know, piece of shit doesn't deserve that. You know what's un. You, uh, sorry, it. you know what's showman like? Saying the word un un unshowmanlike. <laughs> right, where are we? Right, I feel the day tick away. Yeah, I'm feeling the your... day fucking tick away right here. <laughs> your composure never rattled as that hope wears thinner and thinner. I see you from the pages of your folder full of solutions. <laughs> Keir Starmer, a man famously full of solutions. Hey man, doesn't any f- politician worth their salt have a, 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 a folder full of solutions? Is this like Mitt Romney's binder full of women? Got a folder full oh, of solutions. God. Each of them... A possibility. Uh, I, see, I see you thumb the pages of your folder full of solutions. <laughs> Each of them a possibility dashed against the rocks of May's stubbornness. Here, here's one thing that would solve all the problems. Uh, but I mean, but don't worry, I've got alternative things that would also solve all the problems. Yeah. You've just got to put a bit of the money here and a bit of the money there and bish bash bosh bobs your uncle. It's all sorted. Uh, Social democracy, uh, well. baby. Ah <laughs> uh, well, she was never going to budge on day one, was she? Time for rest. Time for bed. And you'll start again in the morning. I see you, Keir Starmer, lying in your perfectly dressed and tucked bed in your carefully ironed pyjamas. I hear the alarm go off. Sonny and Cher blaring across the radio as you reach across your the switch little line. hand in mine, baby, there ain't no mountain we can climb. Do you see what you, they're babe. doing? I got you, babe. Uh, I see you blink. A strange and vague feeling of deja vu. Washing over you. I see you brush your teeth, your fingers hesitating as you knot your tie. I hear you tut as you struggle to tame your hair with a comb. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's not, he's not going to have much of a struggle with that. It's just like made of rock or something. It's been fixed into place for like 10 years. <laughs> I see you walk with confidence into the briefing room. Theresa May is smiling at you with all the warmth she can muster. I see you pause in the doorway, feeling the weight of the briefcase in your hand. <laughs> feeling the weight and... of your dick in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I feel the day tick away. A knot forming in your stomach as you try to piece together just what it is that's bothering you. Haven't you been here before? It certainly feels familiar. Here she is. 
as unwavering and unwilling as ever, insisting it's her deal or bust. Ah well, she was never going to budge on day one, was she? <laughs> time for rest, time for bed, and you'll start again in the morning. I see you, Keir Stammer, sitting bolt upright in your perfectly dressed and tucked bed in your carefully ironed pyjamas. I hear the alarm go off. Wait, 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 hang on. So, wait, is this like in Groundhog... Is he in, like, a hotel, like, in Groundhog Day? I mean, like, I'm just thinking about... uh, You know how in Groundhog Day he's in, like, a boarding house. I'm just thinking about, like, about how carefully his pyjamas are ironed He's very careful with his pyjamas, isn't he? Tucking them. Ironing them, I mean. He's a very organised guy. <laughs> do you reckon as this... Uh, I mean, it ends soon, but do you reckon if it keeps going... Obviously, it keeps going on ad infinitum. Do you reckon that eventually he uh, just doesn't iron his pyjamas? No, no, sorry, because with Groundhog Day, he'll always have ironed the pyjamas the night before. Okay, got it. Sorry, carry on. Enough of the pyjamas. At least you know that they're definitely referencing Groundhog Day, if it wasn't obvious before this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. I hear Bam. the alarm go off. Ding, ding, Sun- ding, 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 Sunny and Cher. Put your little hand in mine, baby. We can climb. For some reason, Bob Dylan's covering it now. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. <laughs> I hear the alarm go off. Sonny and Cher blaring across the radio as you grab for it, smashing <laughs> it into a thousand frantic pieces on the bedside table. Yeah, come on, Keir wouldn't do that. Fucking hell, as if... Uh, yeah, come on, he's a very composed man. He understands the intricacies of the legal process. <laughs> very unrealistic short story from whatever Melt wrote this. Exactly. Um, I smell the funk of your breath. Again, again, what are they saying about Kier here? What, that he wouldn't have brushed his teeth thoroughly the night before? That he's Wait got bad here. breath? <laughs> and can see the nervous sweat running down your temples. Kier would never do that. Come yeah, on. Well, yeah, he doesn't sweat. Anyway, come on, Kier, call the police. Like, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah, this, this guy has... Whoever wrote this has been watching you, Kier, and you need to call... You need to and speak to the authorities to get this sorted out. You have a stalker. Yeah, these are extremely detailed descriptions of Keir's morning routine. It's like the start of American Psycho (laughs) or something. It just never ends, Keir Stammer. She'll never change, never waver. It never ends. I see you, Keir Stammer. I fucking see you. And I'm and calling I, the uh, fucking police. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? <laughs> it just ends like that. That was the poem. Or the, the essay. Or the fucking threat. I don't know what it was, but it was fucking all... So that was shared into... It's uh, terrible, the kind of abuse love, that MPs have got to deal with. If they're not being called Milk Boy online, then they've got <laughs> weird Boy. fan fiction being written about them and their morning routine and how they have to deal with Brexit every day. Like the Keir Starmer equivalent of that Mike Gapes tweet. They said they fucking see me. <laughs> they, <laughs> they called me a perfectly composed, chiseled icon of masculinity. <laughs> in quotation marks <laughs> oh dear well whoever wrote that you completely and utterly wasted your time <laughs> but you should be definitely put onto a list <laughs> yeah absolutely that's criminal stuff real politic is fundamentally a law and order podcast at the end of the day we believe yeah, there was in more, there was being tough on crime we call- tough on the causes of crime <laughs> There was multiple times there where you were calling for the police to be called for the stuff yeah. that was being mentioned. So, yeah, you definitely... Uh... Yeah, let's just say but when it comes to stalking, I'm very sympathetic to the, the idea of getting a, shall we say, a higher legal power involved. Getting... Um, Before we continue, a... I need to have a shit. Oh, okay. Let's have an intermission. Okay, Play intermission. Play some gapes. I'll get a cup of tea, yeah, uh, absolutely. I've got a tweet from Mahmoud Ahmadinejad to read when we're back. Oh, great. And that's all to look forward to after these messages. <laughs> after the commercial, we should actually make some commercials to put here in the episode. Might as well. It's a fucking 
Somewhat closer to home. Thank you and goodbye. Milk. Vote for Change UK in the upcoming local elections. Coalition of all the managerial class. Good sonos! Hike. Oh no, I'm... someone's tweeted F off Mike. There's no need for that. Nah, Gates has been a bit of a prick to be fair. He's tweeted a Telegraph article. Jeremy Corbyn faces further pressure over anti-Semitism after senior US Democrat meets Labour defectors. Fuck off. Fuck off, is that? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just a Telegraph spin on that stupid meeting today. It's not really anything to be worried about. I mean, I'm getting a bit tired of the sort of cycle of every Sunday, the Sunday Times publish some new massive expose of Labour anti-Semitism, and within an hour or something, the story falls apart, but not before everybody who loses their shit about such things has lost their shit. Understandable that some people's trust is low, but shouldn't your trust in the Sunday Times also be quite low, really. Yeah. What, what, was uh, the, what was the story about Margaret Hodge supposedly recording a discussion with Corbyn quite recently and then leaking it to the press and there wasn't really anything on the recording of any note or worth that was scandalous at all? Yeah, Is, fact, is, um, is she going to be... Her? That's, that's illegal, right? Yeah, it's really out of order, whatever the implications are legally. But as far as I know, that recording basically just showed Corbyn accepting that there was a problem with anti-Semitism and that that needs to be resolved. um, Yeah, there have been issues with the way it's been handled, and that he intends to try and tackle it more effectively. So, 
again, it's a non-story. Just people react to the framing of the Sunday Times' story. But it, it's the Sunday Times' framing. Of course it's going to be like that. And I'm not trying to say there's been no issues in label with anti-Semitism. God knows there have been. But fuck off are we trusting the right-wing press to report on this, like, in any kind of uh, trustworthy... I don't want to say impartial, because who is impartial? But fair and even-handed manner piece of shit racist rag like the times like fuck off that's like when the mail was trying to do all the anti-racism stuff about labor last year yeah <laughs> the, the notably progressive and anti-racist daily mail yeah exactly fuck down trump fuck down trump yeah nigga fuck down trump yeah yeah fuck down trump yeah i like white folks but i don't like you all the niggas in the hood wanna fight you. Surprise, El Chapo ain't tried to snipe you. Surprise, the nation of Islam ain't tried to find you. Have a rally out LA, we gon' fuck it up. Home of the ride, the King Ride, we don't give a fuck. Black students, ejected from your rally. What? I'm ready to go right now, your racist ass did too much. I'm about to turn Black Panther. Don't let Donald Trump win, that nigga cancer. He too rich, he ain't got the answers. He can't make decisions for this country, he gon' crash us. So, any final thoughts as we come towards the... I'm, I'm gonna be shooting off soon, but is there anything we need want to conclude on? Before yeah, we well, um, speaking of people who are definitely not anti-Semites, there's a tweet I just saw on the timeline from um, Mahmoud Mamadinejad. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. He's recently started doing a lot of weird rose emoji Twitter type shit posts. Oh, um, right, okay. It's very odd. Like he was like talking to the guys on Chapo and stuff, and he said Sorry, today, "What? What? What?" Yeah, he had an interaction with I think Virgil from Chapo Trap House, and today he's tweeted was recently informed about the death of Nipsey Hussle. He was a really good rapper who was yeah. murdered a couple of weeks ago. In fact, he's one of the uh, MCs on that cool song, uh, Fuck Donald Trump. So maybe we could... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Nigga, am I tripping? Let me know. I thought all that Donald Trump bullshit was a joke. Know what they say when rich niggas go broke. Look, Reagan's so cold. Obama's so hope. Donald Trump spent his trust for money on the vote. I'm from a place where you probably can't go. Speaking for some people that you probably ain't know. It's pressure built up and it's probably gonna blow. And if we say go, then they probably gonna go. You vote Trump, then you probably all dope. And if you like me, then you probably ain't know. And if you been in jail, you could probably still vote. If we let this nigga win, we gonna probably feel broke. You build walls, we gonna probably dig holes. And if your ass do win, you gonna probably get smoked, Fuck nigga. Down, Trump. Fuck you. In fact, I can't remember if it was him or YG, but there was that line in one of the verses that they had to take out. No, it was YG rather than Nipsey Hussle. It was in the very first verse, and he says, Surprised El Chapo ain't tried to snipe you. Um, and uh, YG has done an artist annotation on Genius about this lyric, saying, Secret Service called into Universal. I don't want no letters from the FBI. That life is over for me. I'm a fucking square. <laughs> so, <laughs> essentially, he took, his, he took his bar out just because he didn't want to fight because the feds were onto him, which, yeah, understandable. But yeah, it's just like, a, it's a pretty cool song. It might have been like a different annotation before YG. YG did that but it said something like basically it's not like really cool to say apparent yeah apparently if you say on a record that somebody should kill an income well a politician who is running for the presidency that is frowned upon by the US security services (laughs) (laughs) that's what I understand the issue Uh... was but yeah great song Great MC, Nipsey Hussle. Today, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad shared his condolences, saying, I was saddened to hear about his death and the other 10 people killed in Los Angeles last week. How can one take someone's life so easily? And then he's included a quote, Baby, don't cry. Gotta keep your head up. Even when the road is hard, never give up. I'm pretty sure that's a two-pack lyric. That is indeed a two-pack lyric from Tupac's song, Baby Don't Cry, Keep Your Head Up. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Keep Your Head Up, two in Roman numerals. Baby, please don't cry. You gotta keep your head up. Even when the road is hard, never give up. Baby, don't cry. You gotta keep your head up. Even when the road is hard, never give up.
So that's an interesting little intersection of international politics and hip-hop there. From the former leader of Iran. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, it's 2019, folks. (laughs) Yeah. This thing is just continuing to get out of control. So... Thank you for, again, joining us on another episode of Real Politic. Well, I was just going to say, like, for oh. a little, um, a li- little kind of, you know, more relaxed segment, have you got any kind of... That sounded like a harmonica. Sounded like you just got it out to have a little toot. It's my dick. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is, have you got any kind of film recommendations or anything? Because it's been a few episodes since we covered film, really. Oh, my God. I finally watched Springsteen on Broadway. Oh, shit. You know what? I still haven't watched it. I really need to watch that. Tell me about it. Yeah. I'll keep it short and sweet. If you just want to see him rework a lot of his lyrics, and I tell you what, he's a fucking great storyteller. Bruce is a fucking great storyteller. So and... you mean the literal storytelling as well as just the songs, which are obviously... Yeah, yeah. Well, the, very the songs are... Yeah. He takes a smattering of his songs from his catalogue, and then as he sort of tells his story he works his way into them and it's his one-man show essentially on broadway it was and he, i think he did like a year and a half of shows on it on broadway mm. and of course netflix got the rights to show one of those performances and if you're a fan of the boss you're not going to be disappointed yeah it's, it's, it's a very closer personal testimonial to his life i guess so it's, it's uh, adapted from his memoir isn't it oh born to run yeah yeah I imagine so Stratosphere, you know, it's really hard to hold your breath. Swear I lost everything I ever loved or feared. I was a cosmic kid in full costume dress. My feet, they finally took root in here. But I got me a nice little place in the stars. I swear I found the key to the universe. Yeah, even though not every song is covered in Springsteen on Broadway, there are bits and pieces throughout where you kind of hear lyrics of his stuff that have been kind of recounted and stuff. So it's yeah, it's, yeah. If you're, I mean, if how you're how could it be? Me, He's got so many great songs. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be difficult to kind of, and it's it's a two and a half hour show, I believe, as well. So he really keeps it fucking going. Fair play to him. But that's my really off the cuff review of Springsteen on Broadway. Give it a watch. You can't I'm... beat the. I might finally watch that tonight, you know, because I think I've just been waiting for the right time. Like, I love Springsteen. I think he's one of the songwriting greats. I love the E Street Band, obviously. They're not part of this, but I think that they're one of the most, you know, unique sounding bands in rock and roll. That sounds really great. What I'm going to recommend is something that should be a nice companion to what you just suggested. Okay. I'm going to recommend another rock movie. first time a four-hour documentary directed by Peter Bogdanovich 
Obviously, Bogdanovich was once a film critic under the tutelage of Pauline Kael. No, actually, maybe not under the tutelage of Pauline Kael, because Pauline Kael hated Orson Welles, kind of, and... Oh, well, she wrote that article... She she probably thought he was a communist, didn't she? (laughs) Yeah, Kael wrote that article, Raising Cain, which basically tried to attribute a load of the artistic worth of Citizen Kane to its writer, Mankiewicz or something? Anyway, forgive my rusty Citizen Kane knowledge. But yeah, basically that article was bullshit, and if she'd have published that now, it would have been fucking over within, like, days. Like, there would have been a million articles online within hours exposing all the factual inaccuracies in that work. But sorry, that's a long-winded way of saying that Peter Bogdanovich was basically mentored by Orson Welles, and he played a significant role in the most recent Orson Welles film a Netflix film by Orson Welles, The Other Side of the Wind which was decades in the making and I thought was fantastic Bogdanovich appears in it as a younger man and narrates it as the man he is today. The film that I want to recommend is another passion project for Bogdanovich it's a film called Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Running Down a Dream and it's just a really really in-depth up close and personal kind of celebratory documentary about one of the great American bands. And I think I can say that now, that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are one of the great American bands. But when I watched it a couple of months ago, I'd barely heard any of their stuff, or so I thought. I'd never sat down and really listened to a Tom Petty album. But watching this documentary, not only did I know a massive amount of the songs, but I found myself really liking a lot of the songs I didn't already know. So it's one of the experiences. I've often watched a lot of rock docs about artists who I'm already into, but this is one where I watched the film and it got me into the artist. Like, it gave me a a real appreciation for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and, of course, Tom Petty's solo records. There's only three of them. Well worth a watch. Another interesting thought, (laughs) interesting to me, thought that I had relating to Peter Bogdanovich and to Tom Petty. Peter Bogdanovich plays Elliot Kutzberg or something in The Sopranos, but basically he plays the shrink of Tony's shrink in The Sopranos, and he directed an episode of The Sopranos as well, I think in season four. There's a Tom Petty song on his 2006 album Highway Companion, which is his final solo album, It's, it's really great, called Down South. You know, some people have always said about Tom Petty, like he always knows how to start a song with a great opening line. Like, for example, Oh, baby, don't it feel like heaven right now? But this one, it starts... Gonna meet my daddy's mistress Gonna buy back her forgiveness Pay off every witness And there's an episode of The Sopranos, I think towards season six, which I think... I think the first part of The Sopranos season six would have been airing around the time Tom Petty released Highway Companion, although he'd probably already made it, but... Tony goes like down south, I think, to Florida, where Tom Petty is from, to meet his father's guma, which is what the mob, the Italian mob, call their mistress. There's uh-huh. some stuff about paying off every witness, etc. And so it just made me think, like, did Peter Bogdanovich, who was making the Running Down a Dream documentary at this time, in which the song Down South features... Did he get Tom Petty access to <laughs> Sopranos episodes before they aired or something? <laughs> and and was Tom Petty inspired to <laughs> to write a, one of the best songs on that album as a consequence? Who knows? Sadly, Tom Petty died in 2017. He did, yeah. He did not too long ago, and we may never know. We may never know. know. Yeah. Are you a fan of Tom Petty at all? I'm in the same position as you, really, where prior to getting stuck in, I only... I don't know, man. I don't know where to start. (laughs) 
Well, I just told you, watch Running Down a Dream. The four-hour Peter Bogdanovich documentary. Absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's four hours long, but it's not like Claude Landsman's show or something. It's it, you know, <laughs> it, it's like a chill documentary about a chill rock band. There's just a lot of stuff in there. And to be honest, I relish the length of that because there's so many documentaries about bands where they just end up kind of skipping over whole eras or really interesting stuff. And they've got to include all the stuff you already know. And so there's naturally interesting shit that gets omitted because you've got to cover, you know, the legendary anecdotes and the touchstones of a band's history. But no, it doesn't really happen in, in this documentary. Very good. And it covers 30 years of the Heartbreakers career. Well, I guess it covers Mudcrutch as well. Tom Petty's band from the 60s and 70s, who he reformed in 2008. And his last album in 2016 was the second Mudcrutch album. But it's just got this huge sprawling take on this career, which has a lot of stuff. And it gives you the kind of context you need to dig into this overwhelming discography. So highly recommended Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Running Down a Dream, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Well, there you go. Two music themed documentaries for you to get stuck into or concert yep. films yeah two of the Should old white guys you know tom petty's dead uh, so we still have know, bruce bruce is mercifully still with us so let's appreciate him while we can looking great for a 69 year old absolutely an interesting thing relating to bruce is somebody on twitter told me that bruce always kept Nils Lofgren, the guitarist in the E Street Band since the Born in the USA tour in 84, always told me that he kept Nils on a retainer so that Neil Young couldn't steal him back. Well, <laughs> it turns out, actually, that Nils Lofgren has now permanently joined Neil Young's legendary backing band Crazy Horse as the second guitarist. They're going back to record another album, aren't they? They are in Colorado currently, for some reason. <laughs> Weasley so you're, you're there, you, I guess. You're just, you're just like... Rubbing your hands together, eagerly waiting for that to come out. Yeah, so first new yeah. Crazy Horse album since 2012. Well, it did release two in 2012. One of them was a covers album, but one of them was a double album of original material. With this one, they've said they've got 11 new songs. The last album, despite being a double album, had only eight songs on it. Because one of them was 27 minutes long, and two of them were <laughs> roughly 16 minutes long. So I'm hoping there's some jams on this one. Hopefully we're in for another double. And it, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear the band in the new Nils Lofgren era. So long live the horse, and uh, let's hope 2019 is the year of the horse. There you have it. It wouldn't be real politic if we didn't end with a bit of Neil Young. <laughs> of course. Right. So, yeah. Uh, whoever wrote that essay, stay away from Keir Starmer's bedroom window. Yeah, and, you fucking uh, wrong un. Yeah, and Change UK get fucked. Yeah, Change UK, very sad and tragic as always. Apart from Mike Gapes, who remains a, a titan of politics. <laughs> Good night. Night. Milk. 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 Gapes. <laughs> oh, there we uh, go. Good stuff. A laid-back recording today. Ladies and gentlemen, performing Born in the USA, Neil Young and Crazy Horse.
it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.